turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The world is, is lining up with what the Word of God says about the last days, and we see all these things happening, and it can be overwhelming and it can make us sick. But then we need to be about the king's business. We just need to be about the king's business. We need to be about serving the Lord and sharing Jesus with people and sharing the gospel with people and being in fellowship and being in Bible study and praying more. We should be about the king's business now more than ever before. Be about the king's business now more than ever before. Today, you learn from Pastor Dan's message that the world is lining up scripturally to the last days. That means that as disciples, we are to be ready and on guard for the kingdom of God to arrive. Pastor Dan encourages you to stay faithful in sharing the good news of Jesus with others. Stay in community and fellowship with other believers. Stay encouraged in the fact that the Lord is coming soon. Partner each day with Him and His kingdom work. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Daniel chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. He's talking about something future, not something that's already happened, but something future. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, in the holy of holies in the temple, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant. Because you're going to move slowly. You're going to have to stop and use the bathroom every 30 minutes, as pregnant women do. And to those who are nursing babies in those days, again, it's going to slow you down. And pray that your flight may be not in winter, because there might be snow or icy roads, or on the Sabbath day. He's talking to people that live in Judea. Everything's going to be closed on the Sabbath day. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. So Jesus there, he's talking about future. He's talking about the Antichrist. And he says, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy of holies in the temple, those of you that live in Judea, run for your lives. Flee to the mountains and and pray that you're not pregnant or that you're not nursing a child or that it's not winter and snowing and that it's not the Sabbath day and everything's closed and you can't get gas anywhere and run for your lives, he says, because great tribulation is about to be poured out upon the earth. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse four. Also, second Thessalonians chapter two, 
Uh, Verse 3, it says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, speaking of the day of the Lord, the day of God's judgment, will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. So there Paul says before God's judgment begins, before the tribulation begins on the earth, there's going to be a falling away. There's going to be many that fall away from the faith. And then the man of sin will be revealed. That's the Antichrist. He's also called the son of perdition. And then we're told the Antichrist opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this Antichrist is going to sit in the temple of God. Now, there's not a temple right now, but there's going to be a temple. And he'll sit in that temple and he'll declare himself to be God and demand that he's worshipped as deity, just as Antiochus did. And then Paul says, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? You know, Paul was in Thessalonica like three weeks and he talked about these kinds of things with brand new believers, right? So this description of Antiochus that we have here uh, in in Daniel chapter 8 is also a picture of the Antichrist who will come and what the Antichrist will do. You know, with many prophecies in the Bible, uh, there is what is known as the the near fulfillment of it and the far fulfillment of it, or a double fulfillment, where there's a a near fulfillment, which in this case is Antiochus, uh, and then there's a far fulfillment, which will be the Antichrist. And so verse 14 He asks, you know, how how long will this be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation? How how long will the temple be trampled underfoot under Antiochus? And he says in verse 14, for 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. So between the desecration of the temple by Antiochus, putting Zeus in there, demanding that Zeus be worshipped and sacrificing pigs. Between that and the actual cleansing of the temple and rededication of the temple by the Maccabees, 2,300 days. Then it happened, verse 15, when I, Daniel, had seen the vision and was seeking the meaning that suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of a man, and I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. Now, note Daniel was seeking understanding. He's seeking the, the meaning of the, the vision. He, you know, so apparently he's praying. He's asking God to show him the meaning of this vision, which is always a good thing to do when you don't understand the Scriptures. Pray. Ask God to tell you what it means, show you what it means. And as he's praying and asking the Lord for understanding, in verse 16, Gabriel appears. For the first time now, we're introduced to Gabriel, the angel. He's mentioned here for the first time in the Bible. He's one of only two angels that is named by name. The other one is Michael, the archangel. And there's a definite article. He's the archangel. He's the only one. He's not one of the. He is the archangel. And here you have Gabriel. Gabriel's mentioned in Daniel here and again in chapter 9. And then we don't see Gabriel again in the Bible until we get to the Gospel of Luke. And in the Gospel of Luke, it's Gabriel who appears to Zechariah in the temple to announce to Zechariah that he will have a son that he will name John, 
who will be the forerunner to the Messiah, John the Baptist. And then we see Gabriel again in chapter 1. It's Gabriel who announces to Mary that she will give birth to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And that's it. Those are the only four times we see Gabriel in the Bible. But those are you know, pretty important jobs, announcing the forerunner of the Messiah and announcing the birth of the Messiah. That's, that's a pretty, pretty good responsibility there. And here he explains the meaning of the vision to Daniel. Look at verse 17. So he came near where I stood, and when he came, look what it says, I was afraid, and I fell on my face. But he said to me, understand, son of man, that the vision refers to, notice, the time of the end. I, I appreciate Daniel's honesty here. He says, I, I was afraid. I fell on my face. Daniel, tell us, what was it like when you first saw Gabriel, the angel? That must have been amazing for you. Actually, I was afraid, and I fell on my face. <laughs> that, that's the whole story. It's all I did, you know. And notice Gabriel says the vision refers to the time of the end. Its ultimate fulfillment will be in the Antichrist. Verse 18, now as he was speaking with me, I was in a a deep sleep with my face to the ground, but he touched me and he stood me upright. Verse 19, and he said, look, I am making known to you what shall happen in the latter time of the indignation, for at the appointed time the end Shall be. So this is talking about the latter time of indignation. That's another name for the tribulation period. The time of God's indignation when he pours out his judgment on a Christ rejecting rebellious world. He says in verse 20 the ram which you saw having the two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia, the Medo Persian Empire. The male goat is the kingdom of Greece, the large horn that is between its eyes is the first king, that's Alexander uh, the Great. Now, here's a really cool story. When Alexander the Great was marching down to Egypt, conquer Egypt, he stops. He's got to pass through the land of Israel. He stops at Jerusalem. His armies gathered outside of Jerusalem. The high priest takes a scroll of Daniel, goes out to Alexander the Great, shows Alexander the Great, Daniel chapter 8, and says, you're mentioned in the Bible. You're this guy right here. And Alexander the Great is so impacted by that, he spares the city of Jerusalem, and he actually goes into Jerusalem, and he goes into the temple, and he makes a sacrifice and an offering to the God of the Jews, Yahweh. And then he continues on on his march. The Jews were so grateful that Alexander spared Jerusalem and spared their their temple that the Jewish priests, uh, any Jewish priest that year that gave birth to a son named a son Alexander in honor of Alexander the Great's mercy. So now verse 22, as for the broken horn and the four that stood up in its place, four kingdoms shall arise out of that nation, out of the Greek empire. But, but not with its power. These four, these four kingdoms will not be as powerful as the Greek empire under Alexander the, the Great. Verse 23, notice, And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise, having fierce features, who understands sinister Schemes again. This, you know, this has a near and far fulfillment. It's, 
on one hand, it's, it's talking about Antiochus, but its ultimate fulfillment is in the Antichrist. And I want you to notice here a few details that it tells us and it helps us understand the time of the Antichrist when he comes and what he will be like. Notice, first of all, the Antichrist will arise when transgressors have reached their fullness. The New Living Translation says when sin is at its height. And what does that tell us? That tells us the world will become more and more sinful and more and more ungodly as we get closer and closer to the end. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. The love of many will wax cold. Sin will abound on the earth. When transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise, the Antichrist, and he will have fierce features. Just speaking of his brutality, it says he will understand sinister schemes over in chapter 11 verse 21 and in his place shall arise a vile person to whom they will not give the honor of royalty but he shall come in peaceably and he shall seize the kingdom by intrigue second uh, thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9 the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And so it tells us there that that he's going to come in with unrighteous deception. He's going to be working, you know, according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and, and lying wonders, with unrighteous deception, he will deceive people when he comes says in verse 24 his power shall be mighty but not by his own power revelations uh, revelation 13 4 says satan will empower the antichrist so he'll have power but it's going to be satanic power not his own power verse 24 goes on he shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive, he shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people, God's people. So he's going to destroy the people of God. Again, Antiochus was, was the, the, you know, the first one, but the ultimate fulfillment is the Antichrist at the end of the age. He destroys the people of God. Revelation 13 says the Antichrist will declare war on the saints. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, he will persecute the saints of the most, most high. And Revelation also says that the people will praise him for it. They're going to worship him. That he's, he's, he's persecuting believers. 
So that, that, you know, that's where the world's going. Not, not only will there be a world leader who uh, makes war with the saints, but the world is going to worship him for it. They're going to be thankful that this leader is dealing with the issue of religious people, believers. Verse 25 says, Through his cunning, he shall cause deceit to prosper under his rule, and he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many and their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without human means. It, it says through his cunning, through his deception. Daniel 11, chapter 11, verse 21 says of the Antichrist, he will come in peaceably and seize power through intrigue, through, through promises. Now, I want you to try to imagine Try to imagine a politician deceiving people with empty promises to gain power. And the Antichrist is going to be a master at it. Like no politician we've ever seen. It says, look what it says. Deception will prosper under his rule. First John says the spirit of Antichrist is already at work in the world. And deception, under the Antichrist, deception will prosper. Under his rule, the government deceiving people. It's been it's been a pretty confusing 14 or 15 months, hasn't it? It's hard to know what's true, what to believe. Who's being honest with us? Who's lying to us? You don't know what to make of it. Under the Antichrist, deception will prosper under his rule. It says he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. The idea is while they are prospering and enjoying peace and enjoying security, the Antichrist will destroy them without warning. You wonder why the Antichrist would want to destroy people who are prospering. But the Antichrist is going to go after people who are prospering, who are prosperous. But then we're told he shall be broken without human hands. The Antichrist will be destroyed by Jesus Christ. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse eight says the Lord will consume him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him with the brightness of his coming. Just the brightness of Jesus Christ and all of his glory and all of his splendor and all of his power coming. The brightness of his coming is going to destroy the Antichrist and the vision of the evenings and mornings, which was told is true. Therefore, seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. This vision, Gabriel tells Daniel, this vision or these visions uh, are about future events. And he, and he says, uh, you know, they, they will take place. They, they are true. They are reliable. They are trustworthy. God's word is reliable. God's word is trustworthy. Everything that God says in his word will come to pass. It will all be fulfilled in God's time. Jesus said, uh, every jot and every tittle of the word will be fulfilled. Jesus said, down to the smallest markings on the letters will be fulfilled. We would say, every I will be dotted and every T will be crossed. Not, not even the smallest, the smallest promise in God's word will be left undone. Jesus believed even the markings in the letters 
The markings on the letters are inspired by God and will be fulfilled. Gabriel says, these things are for the future. Seal up the vision for now. It's not for now, Daniel. It's for a future time. And obviously, we are closer to the time Daniel wrote about in this prophecy. And for us, the, the, time, the time is near. It's time for us to unseal the vision and read it and study it and understand it. And I, Daniel, verse 27, feign it and was sick for days. Afterward, I arose and went about the king's business. I was astonished by the, this vision, but no one understood it. As, as Daniel now, as he, you know, as he looks down through, uh, through history and, and, and he could see Antiochus and what would happen to his brethren, the Jewish people, and what would happen to the temple in Jerusalem. Remember, remember Daniel, he lived in Jerusalem as a young kid until he was a teenager. He went to that, the original you know, temple. He remembers that. And now as he's able to look down through history, through this vision, and see what would happen under Antiochus, and then look down into the future to the end of the age and see the Antichrist and, and what the Antichrist would do to the Jewish people. You know, in Zechariah 13, it tells us that two-thirds of the Jewish people will perish during the tribulation period. And only one-third of them will survive. And they will come through as those who pass through fire. So the Jewish people are going to experience a holocaust like they've never experienced during the tribulation period, much worse than the holocaust in the 20th century. And Daniel sees this. He sees what is coming in the future for the Jewish people during the tribulation time that is called Jacob's trouble in the Bible. And, and, and his response is he fainted. He faints and he's sick for days because of this vision of what's to come. And then look what it says. Afterward, I arose and I went about the king's business. I love this. You know, Daniel sees what is coming and it, and it makes him sick for days. But then he gets up and he gets to the king's business. And I, I think for us, you know, as, as, we, as we look at prophecy and we look at what's going on in the world and we see how the, the world is, is lining up with what the word of God says about the last days and we see all these things happening and it can be overwhelming and it can make us sick. But then we need to be about the king's business. We just need to be about the king's business. We need to be about serving the Lord and sharing Jesus with people and sharing the gospel with people and being in fellowship and being in Bible study and praying more. We should be about the king's business now more than ever before. We are so much closer to these things that Daniel saw than Daniel ever was. Romans chapter 13 verse 11 says, Knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is is nearer than when we first believed the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Now is the time to wake up. The day is at hand. Jesus is coming for his bride, the church. And so we should be about the king's business. As, as we see these things falling into place and we see how things are playing out in the world, we should be about the king's business because our king is coming and he hopes to find us busy about his business when he comes. He asked me how I know and I 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Daniel. This Old Testament book of history and prophecy has much more to teach you about God's plan for the future. We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies. If you ever have any questions or would like someone to pray with you, please don't hesitate to connect with us. You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. That number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There will be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. If you're unable to be with us in person right now, we do have the option for you to live stream our services. Just visit calvaryec.com to connect. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor Dan's additional teachings from the Bible. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and will I know because I know His voice and it only takes Rings true.